Next on BYU Sports Nation, Election Day in Studio B. Which BYU sports figures would you choose for president and vice president? Blaine Fowler joins us. What he wants to see from Cougar football this week and women's soccer coach Jennifer Rockwood on BYU's NCAA tournament seed. Plus three propositions that can forever change the show. You have the power, people. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Your voice matters, people. BYU Sports Nation live in Radio Vision on Election Day. Presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, November 8th, wherever and however you are dialed in. Maybe you're in line to vote. It's great to have yeah, you with be. us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with ballot counter Jerem Jordan. I don't know who Chad is, but he hangs a ton, and we need to avoid this, okay? Florida, don't mess this up again, okay? Jeez. Please not a 50.1 to 49.9% vote. This needs to be done and finished. I know, it's 2016. Can we so just we get can digital here? Are you sure you voted for the person you actually thought you were going to vote for? Why can't we just vote on an app? <laughs> because it's the internet and everything can be compromised. This is about the only old school thing that, for the most part, cannot be compromised, right? You have to go in and actually, like, punch a hole. Well, a computer still punches a hole. I pushed a touch screen on Friday. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, and, and then it physically prints it. That's the... That's the difference, though. Yeah. There's a physical copy of it. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> Paper, cash. Save the trees, what? right, Jerem? There's another topic. <laughs> you know how I feel about this. Yes, I do. BYU Sports Nation live in Radio Vision. It's time to rock the vote, people. BYUSN style. We have a series of proposition Twitter polls today. Here we go. That will shape the future of the show. With that said, let's go to our BYUSN election update center for the latest. Decision 2016. A BYU Sports Nation update. All right, Jeff and Spencer, it's the listener's chance to rock the vote for BYU Sports Nation. Proposition one, should Spuddy Buddy be deported from his spot on the BYU Sports Nation desk? Right now, 60% of the people voting yes, wow. 40% thinking he should stay. Okay. It's early. It's early. Proposition two, should the BYU Sports Nation constitution be amended? We have a constitution? Apparently we do. Should it be amended to ban countdown but longer than 100 days no countdown yes! longer than 100 yes! days right now 66 percent of the vote going yes yeah <laughs> keep it going Jeremy <laughs> agrees. proposition three should the word elite be banned from spencer linton's vocabulary no Right now, 51% of the vote saying, yes, it should. Don't let Jerem win. It's so close. Your vote counts. (laughs) You know how to hack it. What do I have to do with this? This is for the people. You want elite gone, do you not? Don't let me win. Well, I have have nothing to do with this. What? You just gave your affirmation that it should be deleted. Deleted from my vocabulary. Yeah, yeah, you should not be. You should be delete. Delete, delete. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I love it so much. When does this end? When does the vote end? Like midnight? Is it it midnight? Midnight. Is that when it ends? 
Yeah, yeah. Changes okay. will be implemented so, tomorrow. The vote, you can vote until midnight. Until midnight. So you can create as many Twitter accounts as you want and vote that way. <laughs> I voted on all three, by the way. Wow, I want yes on all three. Crazy. I still need to vote on all three of these. You need to get out and vote, man. I am waiting to see if my opinions will be swayed one way or another during the show. I want to make an educated opinion. Oh, I or came educated I, vote. I came in educated. Oh, did you? <laughs> the convo. That's debatable. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Yesterday, Kalani Satake, the head football coach, said the following about Jamal Williams after what looked to be an injury to his banged up right ankle against Cincinnati. Obviously, he's not feeling as great as he should on on Monday, but maybe by the time we hit Thursday, Friday, uh, he's going to have to practice in order for us to play him, though. Wait and see. It's not like BYU needs him against Southern Utah, but it's you got to practice to play. Satake also said the Cougars expect Squally Canada to play Saturday, but freshman cornerback Austin McChesney out for the rest of the season. That's a bummer. Uh, Austin McChesney, of course, is the guy that had the interception uh, against Cincinnati over the weekend. Defensive coordinator Elias Tuiaki told coordinators corner yesterday, Sione Takitaki will play next year. He hasn't played on the team this year. I think he's redshirting, and there was a question as to whether he was in the program or not. And so he's, uh, he'll be a junior next year. He had 40 tackles and six sacks in his first two seasons. Women's soccer received a four seed in the NCAA tournament. They will host Mountain West Conference champion UNLV in the first round of the NCAA tournament Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern at Southfield. The Cougars also climbed the spot to number three in the latest coaches' rankings. Head coach Jen Rockwood will join us in 40 minutes. How are you a four seed when you're ranked number three and have a top 10 RPI? BYU gets jobbed again uh, in seeding in the NCAA tournament. I don't know what BYU needs to do. Well, they go 16 2 and 1, the two teams they didn't beat. The two and one part are in the NCAA tournament. BYU, don't, don't get confused. Like, ranking is an opinion poll from a bunch of coaches. That has nothing to do with the NCAA tournament seeding, okay? So, BYU's number three. So, you start there and you go, what? So, if BYU's a four seed, that means they're 13 through 16 nationally. How are they not a two or three seed? And how do they only get one home game? Is it ridiculous? All fantastic ridiculous. questions. Ridiculous. I'm fired up about it. I don't know. I bet you Jen Rockwood's just going to say, hey, we're just going to control what we can control and go on. That's something she can worry about. I don't have to worry about that. So I'm really annoyed at that. Yeah, I, we I, can be annoyed and we will be annoyed. I th- yeah, I think, I think BYU got, uh, got hosed. Again, it stinks. How do, you, how do you win one of the best leagues in America and you get one? You, you, for one thing, BYU plays UNLV. The Mountain West Conference champs. They're not playing some slouch. This isn't like the NCAA men's tournament. The, the uh, politics that go into the seating are different. Locale, it's women's soccer. It's not big, bad men's basketball and football where there's transparency from the committee and whatnot. Yeah, so it is what it is. Uh, I'm off my soapbox now. I almost slipped. Women's volleyball went up two spots. They're now ranked number 12 in the AVCA poll, so that probably means they'll get a four seed. Yeah, they're the- see, 12th, they're 7th <laughs> in the RPI. That means like a 5 yeah. or 6. They'll be unseated. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm not in a whiny mood now at all. <laughs> Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. On this election day of 2016, it's time to exercise your right to vote BYU Sports Nation style. Unlike the current political waters that America is collectively working through, we've decided to create an alternate reality where you select your candidates from among BYU athletes, former or current, could also be coaches, 
Which brings us to today's Twitter question. Who would you vote for as the president and vice president of Cougar Nation? So use the hashtag BYUSN. First tweet at rgreenha. Johnny Linehan and Ashley Hatch. Johnny would punt it to the other side on issues, and Ashley would be decisive in front. <laughs> well done. Okay, here are my picks. Use the hashtag BYUSN weigh in. I, I want um, people that are presidential and vice presidential, mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. that are mature, seasoned vets, uh, great relationships that the people trust. So okay. the president, okay. I go with Steve Young. Okay. To me, this is the, an easy choice, right? Extremely presidential, good-looking dude, well-spoken, respected, politically correct, extremely likable. He knows how to wait to get what he wants, right? Extremely good at removing monkeys off his back. A.K.A. the deficit, awkward foreign relations with other nations, and so on. Good relationships with important people. He's used to shaking hands and kissing babies, okay? Steve Young, my presidential nominee. Vice President, Jim McMahon, baby. The VP doesn't do squat. So Jim McMahon would be awesome. Let's be honest. He couldn't really do damage that in this jacket, position. That jacket from the Hall of Fame. Respected. He could wear his wild coats, headbands, whatever he wants. Whatever the helicopters at practice. He's good at comebacks, okay? Should we need it, all right? He breaks ties and records. Jim McMahon <laughs> is my VP. You go with two of the greats, okay? So former BYU players. And with that, I decided to go with two current BYU athletes. Millennials for the right change in the future, Jerem, who understand where we are and where we want to be. They barely understand their econ class right now. Make BYU America <laughs> great again. For president, one Tanner Mangum. He's an authoritative figure by nature. Quarterback for our country and a natural leader. He looks the part as well. Has an incredible work ethic. He's a people person. And don't even get me started on his status as a miracle worker. He's the guy that led two of the most memorable comebacks in BYU history. People believe in him because he's already proved it. And for vice president to Mr. Mangum, Eric Mika. Oh, we're in trouble. (laughs) We're in serious trouble. With the goggles. Six foot ten. Strong and imposing presence and a fiery defender of our homeland, right? He's a man that will immediately improve international relations. Especially with Russia. One, because he looks like <laughs> Ivan Drago from Rocky Four. So yeah, that'll help with Russia. And two, he speaks fluent Italian. On top of it all, he's likable. He's got a great sense of humor, and he understands how to connect with the people on social media. He can reach the people through the devices that we have today. Mangum and Mika for the future, Jerem. I do like the M&M part of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Brought to you by M&M's. Brought to you by you M&M's. Use a at M&M right now. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN and join BYU Sports Nation. Answer, who would you vote for as the president and vice president of Cougar Nation? Let's go to the Twitter machine. you got tweets. At Educator Jones. Educator Jones. Tom Holmo as president, of course. Cosmo as vice president because the vice president is there to say nothing and just look pretty. Hashtag Cosmo 2020. There's something to that with Cosmo, I think. (laughs) It's against the code of mascots or something. Like, there's a legit thing there. It's like, we do not speak. Yeah, that's a solid tweet. 
Very well done. At Laser Sheep, President Tom Homo, because he has earned at least that. Trevor Maddich is vice. He is a smooth talker supreme. I, I kind of like Trevor in the mix there. I hadn't even thought of that. You know how I really left out? Boney Fuller. We should have had Boney Fuller in some capacity. Wow. Secretary of Defense. Of Defense. Well, that's, that's Ziggy Ansah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At Daniel A01271016. Love that random Twitter Whoa. handle. Cosmo has president with Cougarettes as vice president. They're All champs. day, every day, dance party in Provo. They're champs. How about at Cougar Yankee? I know Jerem's going to love this one. I would vote for Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Oh, come on, you brown noser. <laughs> We're not giving you an A in this class. I've got a profile up. Wow. And el- it reads following. Elite host. We don't need to use the word elite in you, there. Yeah, you read it. Elite host of BYUSN. Runs a 5-4, 40-yard dash. 5 look- one, six unofficially. Look- looks great in makeup. You should see him without it. Oh. Eternal optimist. Okay. Oh, hey. Jerem throwing shots. Let's see Jerem's oh. rundown. Hey, hey. Top button enthusiast. Yeah, True. I think we should add a fourth proposition today. Can we ban the top button from Studio B? Yes or no? That doesn't affect anyone. Jerem else. Jordan loves Pop Tarts. Also true. No, they're just cheap. Looks great with a shaved head. False. Again, debatable. And cannot grow a full mustache. That's true. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Oh. What, is, what is it on Hot Rod? Andy Samberg's trying to grow a mustache. He's like, you know I have a hormone disorder. He just wears a fake one. Maybe that's what the I super close-up on that mustache is a great scene in that movie. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Hot Rod. <laughs> At R. Scott Earl, Lavelle Edwards, and Danny Ainge. Okay. Yeah. I'm with you. It's, Lavelle, Lavelle's the. Uh, it's hard to go wrong. Lavelle's the godfather of BYU. Let's be honest. Hard to yeah. go wrong. Yeah, yeah he, he's he, G Dub. He's the George Washington of yeah. BYU sports. Yeah, we should come up with a founding fight. Like, who's the Benjamin Franklin? Like the smart dude. That, is Tom Homo the Ben Franklin? Who's Mount Rushmore? Negotiated with who's France B- to get all the money for the revolution? Who's BYU's War? Mount Rushmore? Right. Who would you put on the? Who's yeah. the four? It sounds like a great summer topic. We have lots <laughs> to talk about now. We don't. We don't need to go to Mount Rushmore now. Let's go June fourth. Absolutely. Coming <laughs> up on BYU Sports Nation, the latest vote tallies from our trio of BYU Sports Nation proposition I'm, polls. I'm excited, man. Cast your votes, and next, a man of the people, BYU national champion and dual threat analyst Blaine Fowler. He's got presidential hair. How much does he want Tanner Mangum to play on Saturday? This is BYU Sports Nation. Or to be the, the president? BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio. Moving pictures on BYU TV. Our conversation on Election Day is rolling on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN and vote on our propositions. After further review, is live tonight at 7 Eastern Time. Uh, Blaine Fowler, Dave McCann, Brian Logan, and David Nixon will recap the Cincinnati win. Get you ready for Southern Utah. That's tonight at 7 Eastern. Our Twitter question today, who would you vote for as the president and vice president of Cougar Nation? At CL underscore living says, President Blaine Fowler, Uncle B, because he looks so good. Vice <laughs> president Brian Logan, because vice presidents don't do much and want to be president. <laughs> <laughs> That's true to Brian. <laughs> so there you have it. Our introduction to our first guest today, Blaine Fowler. You got to vote for president. Someone's writing you in. Wow. I'm, I'm not going to run. I can't do it. Of, <laughs> of Cougar Nation. Uh, oh, of Cougar Nation? Yeah. 
Oh, I just don't have enough time. <laughs> <laughs> too busy. Too busy. Just don't have enough time. If you had to choose from BYU personnel, former or present, it can be coaches, mm-hmm. administrators, athletes, who would be your president and vice president of Cougar Nation? So I'm, I'm having Kalani Satake as president. Or is it Solani Kataka? Yeah, that's, that's what they said on the air, right? Yes. Solani no, I'm going Kalani. Here's why. Like when you talk to the, the players about his ability to give like a motivational speech. So he's this great orator. Like he, he can get people fired up to do the right thing. So I think that's an important part of being mm-hmm. present. And when I talk to Kalani behind the scenes, everything he does is for the right reasons. So, like, he wants to win, and they will win, but he wants to make these guys better men. and all. So all of the things, he has these really, really altruistic ideas of why he wants to do things. So I know that from behind the scenes because I talk to him all the time. People don't see that, and I'm like, man, wouldn't it be nice to have a president of the United States or of Cougar Nation that everything they did was – you know, for the greater good. And he has a way of making people around him better, seeing yes. the vision. Or so president's got to be able to convince people of a vision. He's got to be this great speaker that can get people fired up to chase that vision. And he's got to do things for the right reasons, not for personal gain. He's got to stay humble. So it's just like, man, I can't think of anybody better than Kalani right now that could be president of Cougar Nation. That's solid. And, and Saturday, we'll we'll see if he does everything for the right reason against <laughs> Southern Utah, right? How long is the pedal down? How long, uh, you know, when does Tanner Mangum come into the game and whatnot? So what do you want to see from BYU Saturday against FCS opponent Southern Utah? So I want to see him Don't sleep on come Utah. out and play with an unbelievable amount of passion and put this game away early. I want him to do that. Physically, they're going to be better. Heck, their best two offensive linemen are starting for BYU right now. <laughs> so <laughs> so they're up front, BYU should dominate in this football game. And, and if they do, they should be able to run the football. I want them to have balance. So I don't want them just to go, hey, we can run it, so we're going to. This is an opportunity to balance that offense out and start to get some rhythm going in the pass game a little bit and, and attack. And so I want them on attack mode because I would really like to see Tanner Mangum play a quarter and a half at least. Okay, that was my next question. How much do you want to see Tanner Mangum play? Like if you you could choose how much he played, how much would you play him as a coach? I want him to and, – and this is without any disrespect to Southern Utah because they stayed with Utah pretty good for a while. This is, this is a team, you got to remember, last year put three guys in the National Football League. So they have some talent, but overall BYU should be deeper and more physical and be able to get out in front. So I, I don't want anybody that's watching in from Southern Utah to think this is disrespectful, but BYU should just have more horses to go with in this game. Sure. And, and I want Mangum to come in – in the game when he can run the offense. Not in the middle of the fourth quarter when it's so far out in front that it looks bad. And Kalani and Ed and all these guys have affiliations to Southern Utah. They all coach down there. So they don't want to embarrass Southern Utah. And and I don't think it's embarrassing to put Tanner Mangum in the third quarter and let him run the offense. And try to run a, a variety of plays that allow him to, to execute mid-range throws, downfield throws, have to make reads, have to check out of things. I want him to come in in a meaningful enough time to run the offense. I want to see that in the next these next four games. That's what I said to Jeremy yesterday. I games. said BYU's up 21, put Tanner Mangum in so that there's still work to do. Yes. It's still undecided. Because right now, now you shift into a different mode. They still need to win every game. But the teams that they're playing, and again, no disrespect to Southern Utah or UMass or, or Utah State for that matter, but Utah State's really beat up. 
You know, and so here's an opportunity to play against um, players on the other side who just are not as deep and not as athletic as the teams that BYU's played up to this point. And we mentioned it last week. Cincinnati, when you look at them, they're struggling, yeah. But from an athletic perspective, they have some really good athletes. They're huge up front on defense. They're great big on offense up front. They've got speed all over the field. For some reason, they're just not executing. But physically, Cincinnati's a really good football team. Um, And I know they're not playing as a good football team. Sometimes talent doesn't translate. So from a talent perspective, they're pretty good. And BYU, you know, they, they had to kind of grind it to get a win there. These next games, whether it's because of injuries to Utah State and just not as deep as they've been, um, struggles, you know, or playing teams that they're just more talented than, this is the opportunity to really get better over the next few weeks. And Tanner needs to play because he's got to be the guy next year. And this is the time that you got to get him in. Yeah, I'm, I'm adamant that Tanner Mangum see meaningful snaps the next several weeks. And I don't know that there's a single meaningful snap per se against Southern Utah and UMass in that that opponent will pre- prevent big of a challenge, but the game is in question. You can debate the, the level of meaningful, right? Um, his first start is uh, next year is going to be against LSU, right? Yeah. So, so how do you get ready for that? He needs some reps hey! under his belt, right? Hey, get some reps the next couple of weeks. Maybe the next three games. We'll see. Yeah, and I have people asking me, well, why hasn't he played earlier in the season? They had to go out against an unbelievable schedule and win. And uh, Kalani and Ty knew that they had wholesale changes on the offensive line to what they planned to play to start the fall. And so they knew there was going to be some growing pains up there. They went with a guy that they felt like could – and everybody goes, oh, Taysom's the guy that's gotten hurt. Not hurt from taking hits. The guy's 238 pounds and squats 600. He can take a lot of physical punishment. They knew that there were going to be times that the quarterback would have to run for a first down and get hit. And so they felt like this is the guy that's got to play right now and get us through this. We're going to play lights out defense if we can. Try to keep games close. He's physically the one that can take a pounding behind a new offensive line and in a new system. And, you know, everybody's like, well, if Tanner played, we, well, I don't know, because it would have been a little bit different. I don't know that the offensive line and the rest of the offense was ready to play the kind of offense they want to play next year. Now they're playing against teams where they don't, I don't think, need to worry about Taysom taking a pounding. And I think Taysom's going to be, you're going to see him take a big step forward and look really good now. In the next three games, the level of competition is dropping off significantly. He can look good. Now you get Tanner in the game. This offensive line has come a long way. Um, they can protect him, and you can start to build for next year. That's why you get him in now. It's tough to gauge what this BYU team has improved upon because of the roller coaster nature of the season and the wins and losses and ups and downs. But when you step back and look at it from a wide-angle lens, from that first game against Arizona to the last game against Cincinnati – where do you think BYU has made the most notable improvement? I think the offensive line has come a long way since, since fall camp to now, since summer to now, especially in the run game. And, and I know they struggled against some teams that are really physical and quick up front. Mississippi State, did you see what they did last week? When, when I was down on the field before that game and their D-line walked out, I went, oh, baby. They, they were the most physical, athletic group that BYU played all year, and BYU didn't run it that great against them. And people were going, oh, did we take a step backward? No, they played a great defensive front seven. To just beat Texas A&M. It, yeah, the number four team in the country. So let's take a look at that. And so I think if I take it in its entirety, 
they're, they're being good with their assignments, how physical they're playing, getting down to the second level and blocking, creating seams. I feel like this offensive line has made great strides. And remember, this is a young group, some of them undersized, and you give them another offseason in the system and get them ready. I really believe that that offensive line is going to be ready to go against LSU because of the progress they've made this year. They need another offseason to get bigger and stronger. But I'm really, really pleased with where they've come. And the secondary is an area people are going to go, What? When, when I watch the film with people that know what the defensive calls are, the plays where people that are coming up to me going, why are the corners so? Knowing the defensive calls, sometimes the defensive backs aren't responsible for underneath throws and curls and hitches and outs. The backers are supposed to be underneath some of those throws. And I think, as I've watched it very objectively, knowing the calls, that the secondary's made a lot of progress. And they've had to play a lot of young guys that are going to be back. I know Kai's gone, but... They're going to be really good there next year because they've had to develop depth. The linebackers were progressing nicely, and then the injury to Butch set them back. They were playing people in different positions. They moved Harvey back there. And so I think that they flattened out a little bit. These next four games, we need to see them make the same kind of progress because guys are healthy again now. And so, and then the D-line, you know, just injury after injury up there. This team has developed depth. Depth in a brand-new system that is going to really, really pay off next season. Uh, the Poinsettia Bowl is coming up December 21st. There are a couple of different opponents that it, it seems like it might be. Uh, San Diego State, Wyoming, May, uh, Air Force, maybe even San Diego State, uh, or Boise State, a rematch. We'll see. Uh, which Mountain West Conference opponent do you think BYU will play? I know what the Poinsettia Bowl wants. They want a San Diego State-BYU matchup. So I think they will do everything they can in negotiating with the league and the other bowl partners to try to get that matchup. The question is, is San Diego State just going to be too good for them to be able to get? Will, will other bowls that pick in front of them go, oh, no, no. We know that's your hometown team, but that's not happening. Basically Vegas right. is what we're talking about. Right. And San Diego State has a chance to be the Group 5 team. If Western right. Michigan loses, so that's the other it thing. could be San Diego State. That's, that's what I'm saying. depends on what San Diego State does. So I, but I do think that when it's all said and done, that's who the bowl wants to match up. They want San Diego State and BYU. I think it's a fantastic draw. It's a good game with national interest. It's an old rivalry. That game has a lot of intrigue to it. So that's who they would like. So I think they're going to do their very, very best. Ted Tolner and his group – and Ted's a good friend of ours, good friend of BYU. He coached here. He coached me. I know that's what he wants to get done. If he can get that done and broker that, um, then, then I think we're going to have a really exciting bowl game against a team that is an elite team defensively in the country. San Diego State is really good on defense. And they've got one of the best running backs yeah. in the country. Big-time NFL guy. And he's not big. He's not a big guy. But he's the kind of guy that San Diego State has sent into the NFL that has had success in the past. So it would be a fantastic challenge for BYU, a really quality team. That's who I'm rooting for. In this bowl game, and that's who I think. Well, that's who I know the bowl wants to get, and I think when it's all said and done, they'll be able to negotiate that out and get that. that. Donnell Pumphrey versus Jamal Williams, fantastic matchup. That'd be awesome. Just one of the many storylines that would make that game. Twenty twelve, but good offense. Yeah, how about that? Because <laughs> yeah, that game was terrible on offense. We're with Uncle B, Blaine Fowler, and Studio B on BYU Sports Nation. Let's ask you uh, a basketball question because mm-hmm. the Cougars get back on the floor tomorrow night, second exhibition against BYU-Hawaii. What do you hope to see from BYU basketball tomorrow night against BYU-Hawaii? Well, I'm watching the two things that, that Dave Rose, you know, Dave McCann and I sat down with him for – 45 minutes a week and a half ago just to say what are your priorities what are your goals and and so I'm staying in line with what Dave wants to see because I think that he knows better than anybody where they have to be good to reach the level of success that they want to have 
the first is defensively. I, I need to see them improve in their effort to stay in front of people on the perimeter. Um, and I, I need to see the guys inside. So when you're out there on the outside and you're defending somebody one-on-one, you're going to get beat sometime. I just need to see that percentage of times they get beat when they're spread out go down. Mm-hmm. And then on the back end, they've got so much physical skill and size and length and jumping ability with the guys they have back there. I need to see them be quicker in their decision-making. So last week they were getting there a half a second. They were going a half a second too late. A half a second means a foul instead of a block shot or taking a charge. And so it's a mental thing. It's, it's them wanting to grind and understanding how important it is to play defense because I think physically this team is equipped better to play defense than last year's team. And remember, Dave had to go with a lot of zone last year to, to protect the shortcomings they had defensively and lateral quickness and those kinds of things. This team's capable, but they have got to make a mental mindset change that says, no, we are going to be good defensively. And those bigs have to understand a little better. They need to see more of it. And, and the guys out in the perimeter have to just take it upon themselves and say, you know what? i got to make a little more effort to stay in front of the guy on the ball. And, and they don't, I, I mentioned it last week. They don't have to be great defensively to have really good success this year. They have to be good defensively. And they've got to be able to play more man-to-man because teams rebound better when they play man-to-man unless – you're a zone-based team, and you've been it forever, and you're crewed to that, you're a la not, Syracuse. You're not Syracuse. Yeah, Syracuse yeah. can play zone and rebound like crazy. Most teams cannot. That's because they recruit crazy length. Yeah, and so most teams can't do that. And so I know that Dave would prefer to play man, but the guys have to be able to defend when they get spread out. And so that's the main thing I'm really, really looking for. Blaine Fowler has a very busy week on BYU TV, including today's BYU Sports Nation appearance. You can watch him on After Further Review tonight. You can hear him with Dave McCann calling the basketball game tomorrow night against BYU-Hawaii. And then Saturday, BYU TV showcase, football team, three Eastern, one Mountain Time. So uh, we'll let you get back to work. Good week. Good week. i got to go do some more prep. More prep. Just get make going. sure you vote on our propositions at some point on Twitter. Okay? I'll vote on them. Yeah. I'll vote on them. <laughs> what do you, think? you think Kalani can get elected president of Cougar Nation? We'll see. I think he's the we'll man. S- we'll see. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Yeah. If he wins eight games in the regular season, it'd be, it'd actually, be hard to say no. If he was running for president, I would have voted for him instead of <laughs> Hillary or, or Donald today. Canada. Honestly. Honestly, I would have. With no first, experience in government at all, Tongan, I still would have voted for him. First Tongan head coach and president of the U.S. So. <laughs> Thanks, Blaine. You bet. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, the latest results from the aforementioned trifecta of BYU Sports Nation propositions. And what's more American than some doppelganger fun? Can't wait for that. We go between the lines with Olympian Kate Hansen. This is BYU Sports oh, Nation. Oh, they're counting the ballots in the control room. Welcome back, sports friends Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan broadcasting in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV in the Studio B. Hey, Men's Hoops is back tomorrow night, uh, the second and final exhibition, the final tune-up for the BYU Cougars before the regular season opener on Monday. That's exciting, six days from now. Uh, BYU plays BYU-Hawaii, so... Uh, Cougar on Seaside or Crime, 9 Eastern Time, BYU TV, BYU Radio tomorrow night. Got to get ready for the Princeton Tigers. Yes, Princeton. They're actually pretty good. Princeton's pretty good, so that, that game's coming up According Monday. to Ken Pomeroy, will be the best non-conference yes. game for BYU. How about that? Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines, starting with this. Yesterday, head football coach Kalani Satake said the following about Jamal Williams after what looked like an injury to his banged-up right ankle against Cincinnati. Obviously, he's not feeling as great as he should on on Monday, but maybe by the time we hit Thursday, Friday, uh, he's going to have to practice in order for us to play him, though. 
Satake said the Cougars also expect Squally Canada to play on Saturday, but freshman cornerback Austin McChesney out for the rest of the season. So it sounds like we hope to see Jamal Williams uh, Saturday. Defensive coordinator Elias Tuiaki told Coordinator's Corner Sione Takitaki will play next year. Takitaki is currently redshirting uh, and will be a junior next season. He had 40 tackles, six sacks in his first two seasons. Women's soccer received a four seed in the NCAA tournament. They will host Mountain West Conference champion UNLV in the first round of the NCAA tourney. Friday, 9 Eastern at Southfield. The Cougars also climbed a spot to number three in the latest NSCAA coaches poll. Head coach Jennifer Rockwood will join us in the next segment to talk about BYU's tournament hopes. And getting jobbed again in the seating. Yeah. And women's volleyball went up two spots and is now ranked number 12 in the ABCA poll. They'll probably get a four seed later, just because. And the Cougars up to number seven in the RPI. That's a good team, man. Heather Olmstead quietly has done a fantastic job with this program. Rockwood and Olmstead. I don't even care which one, Sean or Heather. They've been fantastic. The the women's sports at BYU, awesome. The men's sports are really good, too. I'm just saying the women have really brought it, especially in the fall. And consistently. Hey, it's time for an election day update. Let's go to the BYU Sports Nation election update center. 2016, a BYU Sports Nation update. Of course, as a refresher, Spencer and Jerem, we have three propositions on the ballot. Your vote counts. Twice, if you know how to hack it. Proposition one, <laughs> should Spuddy Buddy be deported from his spot on the BYU Sports Nation desk? Right now, 61% of the vote are saying, build that wall. Wow. <laughs> Proposition two, should the BYUSN Constitution be amended to ban countdowns longer than 100 days? Fascinated by this. I disagree with the people so far. I may have a hard time accepting these results if they stand. 62% voting yes on that. Wow. Yes. 100 or less. These, Make BYU Sports results Nation may great. not be accepted, Jerem. Make BYU Sports Nation great again. Oh, because you don't like it? Come on. Hey, isn't that the what you do now? Proposition three. <laughs> should the word elite be banned from at Spencer Linton's vocabulary? 52% saying yes there. Back okay. Come on, okay. people. Okay, you have until midnight, and then we'll announce the final results and the ensuing changes. Wow. Elite should not be delete. <laughs> this could change the show quite a bit, those propositions. Wow. Time now for our weekly segment of Between the Lines, a segment by the fans, for the fans, hosted by former Olympian Kate Hansen, apparently doppelgangers, and face mashups are the topic... And a big thing for today's Between the Lines, it's Kate Hansen with BYU Sports Nation Between the Lines. BYU Sports Nation What up, guys? My name is Kate Hansen. I'm here with the BYU Inside Scoop. Let's go Between the Lines. So remember way back when, Doppelgangers, it was kind of this internet sensation. Well, we decided to do our own BYU version and for you guys to send in your BYU athlete lookalikes. There were some pretty good submissions, and our first one right here is with our very own Nick Emery, our three-point king, being compared to Moises Arias. Now, if you guys don't remember Moises, he's actually from Hannah, Montana, way back in the day. Don't lie, guys. I know every one of us has, a, has watched at least one episode, <laughs> but that's pretty accurate if you ask me. For our next one, I think it's our most obvious doppelganger. It's Coach Ty Detmer and Jack McBrayer from 30 Rock. A lot of people have talked about this lookalike, and honestly, I just think it's that classic smile. For our next one, another guy on our BYU basketball team, Eric Mika and Ivan Drago. Now, if you guys don't remember Ivan Drago, 
He is actually from Rocky. He was the big, bad Russian fighter. Now, Eric, I know Halloween just passed, but if you're looking for a costume in under 30 seconds, just throw on some gloves and, I mean, we got you covered. So for our last one, it needs a little preface. Jerem Jordan had to shave his head about a year and a half ago. He made a promise that if we upset Gonzaga that he would he would pull through and, and shave all of his hair. And obviously he's a man of his word. He's being compared to, to Dr. Evil. It's a pretty classic picture, Jerem. I know you hate that picture, but it's going to haunt you for a little bit longer. So guys, thank you for sending in those doppelgangers. We actually asked a question. And what two athlete faces you want to see put together? You guys said Taysom and Tanner. So we call this one Tanner Manghill. Let this one sit. Let it just take this one in. Ladies, would you date Tanner? Tweet us. Let us know if you actually would. For our next one, we got Jamal and Squally. We know they're best friends. They live together. They're practically attached at the hip. So we call this one Jamali. <laughs> this one is also pretty classic, pretty well done by our Photoshop experts. I mean, that smug look. That's a bad man right there. Guys, thank you for sending in all those submissions. Make sure you check us out every Tuesday at BYU underscore BTL. Now, we just want to spice up your Tuesday. We're going to leave this last one with you. It needs no introduction. Check out this one. If you guys ever see this man on the street, word to the wise, I would run. Take it away, boys. That is disturbing. We, you can't unsee some things. That is disturbing. The Tanner Manghill and then our yeah. face match. Well, Jamali was good. Jamali looked great. Jamali was fine. <laughs> Sparum was terrible. <laughs> Jenser. Jerenser. Jerenser. Those are all terrible. Oh. Oh. I just put, hey, take it away. Today, today's take a, it away. Today's a great day not to watch the show, but to listen to the show. Let me tell you that. Be heard, people. Your votes continue to pour in on the propositions. BYU women's soccer coach Jennifer Rockwood will join us next. Her team's tournament run begins with UNLV. Oh, just Take it up. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. BYU Sports Nation on Election Day, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. From Studio B, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out live. Remember, if you miss an episode of this show, you can always watch the rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV starting at 6 p.m. Eastern sharp. We'll be live on Facebook Live at uh, 1.10 Eastern time today. So that's coming up in, uh, what, 27 minutes from practice. Uh, defensive media availability today. We'll uh, record a two-on-one interview as well. We'll have our recap, Q&A. You can always ask us questions uh, on that. So 1.10 Eastern time coming up on Facebook Live slash BYU TV Sports. Who would you vote for as president and vice president of Cougar Nation? That mm. is our Twitter question today. Jamali and <laughs> Tainer, Tainer Manghill. At Durbin Wilson says, Derek Stevenson as president and Boney Fuller as vice president. Uh, Hashtag make BYU great again. Uh, That's the unfiltered <laughs> opinion. Yes, it would be. <laughs> <laughs> Joining us now in Studio B, our second guest. And to bring her in, we need to roll out our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU has mercilessly outscored their opponents 54-9 this season, which is unbelievable. BYU women's soccer wow. bringing it all year long. Head coach Jennifer Rockwood is back in Studio B. 54-9? Hey, we've worked really hard. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> and, and what a what a regular season! Congratulations, Thanks. WCC champs again, fifth mm-hmm. year in a row. That is fantastic. Fifth year in a row. Yeah. What, what was your first your reaction just to winning the league again Saturday night? Uh, it was awesome. I no one's done that in that conference before, and it has such a great tradition of final four appearances, three national championships, and to to be the first team to do that. We felt a lot of a lot of pride with that representing the WCC. So with that said, you find out that you are a four seed and hosting the champions of the Mountain West Conference, UNLV, on Friday. What was your reaction to getting into the tournament and receiving a four seed? Well, um, you know, we were obviously excited to be in the tournament. That was always, it's always one of our main goals. Um, You know, we played a really tough non-conference schedule uh, in hopes of some at some point trying to, to get some home games in the NCAA tournament. Um, we have such great fans, and we just play great soccer here in Provo. And so we were hoping for, a, a, you know, maybe a one or a two to, uh, to give us an opportunity to play. Um, you know, and we just didn't get that. We were four seed, and, and, and that's all right. We get one game at home, and, uh, you know, we've got UNLV. They're going to be a tough opponent. They haven't been to the NCAAs, I think, for a while, so they're going to be excited and stoked to be there, and we're just ready to roll. So you get a four seed. We thought you were grossly underseeded, and it f- has felt this way the last couple of years. Is that something you've come to expect um, over the last few years? You just know, like, okay, we're going to do our best, but yeah. ultimately that's out of our hands? How do you, how do you handle yeah, that? Yeah, it is ultimately out of your hands. All you can do is, is control the type of schedule you play. And, you know, 10, 15 years ago, we started playing super nationally competitive schedules in order to try and, you know, boost up our RPI and, and get some great results and some top 10, top 20 wins, uh, and we've been able to do that. And, uh, you know, when it comes down to the tournament, again, you have no control over that. And we've had a great season. We've been ranked in the top 10, really the top six all year. Um, and, again, we were just hoping to, to have an opportunity to play at home. Uh, and, and we get one game, and I guess that's the most we can do. But, you know, we just got to go out there and give what they uh, take what they give us um, and make the most of it. And this is a really, really good team and a really fun team to watch. Final RPI of 10, you're ranked third by the coaches. And so, yeah, it's hard for BYU fans and for us especially to wrap our heads around how you slide down to the four seed. But on the other side of this, South Carolina must be looking at you like, really? <laughs> we've, got, we've got to play them right. potentially in the Sweet 16? Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about uh, you know the road ahead for you UNLV and then potentially the games after that? Well, I think it's a great draw for us overall. For the uh, the initial reaction or kind of the original uh, disappointment of knowing that oh we get one home game, but wow we were really hoping for maybe two and three. Um, but it's a great bracket. It's a great draw for us. Um, uh, you know we've got to get past UNLV as everybody knows, and then uh, we have a matchup uh, in South Carolina against SMU and Oklahoma. Two teams we're pretty familiar with. Played SMU this year. Um, and then I thought it was also interesting that they send us to South Carolina that has the number one two attendance uh, fan base in the country. Uh, so th- that was kind of interesting that that's where they're sending us. But, mm. you know, it's a better draw than we had last year. There's no question. Last year we had to play at Stanford, a number one seed, the number one team in the country in the second round. And so as you look at it that way, I'm pleased with the draw and the bracket uh, and, and the road that we have. We just focus on Friday night and then we take a look what comes on after that. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure your team's fired up to, uh, to prove themselves as they are every year. Uh, and now you have, at least you weren't in Stanford's bracket. When I saw Stanford was in another <laughs> yeah. one, I was like, all right, let's yeah. go. I was happy about that, too. Santa Clara's not so happy about that right now. <laughs> yeah, well, but, uh, yeah, well, you know, they have, beat, they have beat Stanford. They beat Stanford last year. So uh, we got to cheer for our WCC uh, teams to do well this year, too. And I noticed that, so you had two losses, one tie. All three of those teams made the tournament. So, yeah, yep. you played a tough tough schedule. Mm-hmm. What kind of challenges does UNLV present on Friday night? 
you know, I don't know much about them. They used to obviously be in our concert, I mean, in our, in our conference. So we played them quite often every year. We played them this spring, past couple springs we go down there and play them. I don't really know a lot about them other than they've had a great season. Anytime you win 16 wins, that's a lot of wins mm-hmm. for a team. Um, I know they haven't really played uh, an opponent similar to us yet. So we're hopeful that our speed of play, our attack, our high pressure uh, can make them uncomfortable, which is, you know, it doesn't matter who we play. We try and, and do what we do uh, and try and get better at that. So this week we'll continue to get better on our attack and our finishing. Uh, and we just really want to overwhelm our opponents. So that's the plan against UNLV. But they just haven't seen a, a team, I think, a, 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 as lethal as we are on offense. Uh, yeah, a team that has outscored their competition 54 to 9. Yeah, yeah I, I guess they <laughs> haven't seen that type of offensive firepower. How is the overall health of the team right now? Every season brings with it nicks and bruises and different injuries, but going into the tournament, where is the overall health of the team? I would say we're in as good as health as you can possibly expect as a coach. We, we certainly know, especially soccer, um, there's so many opportunities for injuries, and we've been fortunate to be very healthy throughout most of the season. Our starting group has not uh, really missed any games due to any injuries or even nagging injuries. Um, Brinley uh, Welch, one of our... Um, a freshman who does play a lot of significance minutes, hurt her knee in the Portland game. We haven't had her uh, and probably won't have her the rest of the, the season, um, but she's got such a great future ahead of her. Um, but other than that, our starters are ready to go. Um, I believe the bench is just coming out and doing a, an amazing job, you know, for opponents to, to have Ashley and Nadia and Murphy come out, and then you put in Maddie Lyons and Joss and Sid um, and Elise and Lizzie. I mean, same speed, same technical ability. Um, you know, it's just a lot, and uh, so we're healthy and we're ready to go. Ultimately, your team is defined by how you finish, and you've had a couple of the Elite Eight teams, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the most recent one in 2012. Mm-hmm. How does this team stack up of all the teams you've coached at BYU? Um, you know, my, my former players might get a little mad at me for saying this, but I do feel this is the best team. I said it last year mm-hmm. with this group uh, as, a, as a core of sophomores and juniors. I said that last year, uh, and I would definitely say that this year. I told them that yesterday uh, after we went out to practice that if any, you know, this team wants to do something more than any team at BYU has ever done. That's been their goal since uh, last season ended, and um, I really believe that they have the opportunity to do it. It's the best um, attack that we've ever seen. Um, so many people involved. Uh, I think it, the defense has um, grown over the, the course of this season, led by Taylor Isom. Uh, she had a new back line to work with um, between her and, and Danica uh, and, and Busy holding down the fort in the back. I mean, we're strong on both sides of the ball. And so um, really excited to see what this group can do, this NCAA tournament, and we all plan on being around and making some waves. Let's give you some BYU Sports yeah. Nation karma yes, please. to go please. and take on the Rebels of UNLV. <laughs> Show up in force, BYU Sports Nation, please. Friday night, 9 Eastern, 7 Mountain at Southfield. BYU Women's Soccer needs your support in the NCAA tournament. Thanks, Jen. Thanks, guys. For having us. Best yeah. of luck. Our Twitter question today, who would you name president and vice president of Cougar Nation? Send in your responses with the hashtag BYUSN. On the way still. More results from our trio of Studio B propositions, plus an injury update on star running back Jamal Williams and some bracketology for BYU hoops. This is BYU Sports Nation. Let's go soccer! BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. 
football. Kalani Stake said BYU will work with Jamal Williams this week to try and get him back after appearing to re-injure his banged-up right ankle against Cincinnati. Stake also said the Cougars expect Squally Canada to play Saturday against Southern Utah, but freshman quarterback Austin McChesney is out for the rest of the season. Defense coordinator Lysa Tuiaki told Coordinator's Corner Sione Takitaki will play next year. Takitaki is currently redshirting. He'll be a junior next season. He had 40 tackles and six sacks in his first two seasons. Soccer. BYU received a four seed in the NCAA tournament. Scoff! They'll host UNLV. Rebels in trouble. In the first round of the NCAA tournament, Friday, 9 Eastern, 7 Mountain. The Cougars, number three in the latest coaches poll. But what does that mean? Volleyball. Nothing, really. Cougars went up two spots and are now ranked number 12 in the ABCA poll, and the Cougars are up to number 7 in the RPI. Hey, unseat that. It's basketball. NBC Sports has BYU as the eighth team in, next, or out in their preseason bracket. They have St. Mary's as a number 6 seed and Gonzaga a number 4. And, you- fu- and future guests look like this. Lee Kamard, uh, one of my favorite players at BYU all time. He's a men's basketball graduate assistant coach. Men's volleyball's Sean Olmstead and Southern Utah football head coach Demario Warren and Todd Tolner, the president of the San Diego Bowl Game Association. Who are who is the points that he's looking at for BYU's opponent? You know how we do. Great guest lineup on the way. Today's rise and shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need the most. DexterLaw.com. Jerem? Women's soccer, uh, because they have had a fantastic season, another WCC title. Another NCAA tournament appearance. And if you just missed it, Jennifer Rockwood told us she thinks this is her best team ever, which is saying a lot. So let, let's, let, they'll ultimately define, be defined by how they finish. BYU's never been to a Final Four. Let's get to the BYU Sports Nation Election Update Center. Decision 2016. A BYU Sports Nation update. All right. Proposition Checking. one, Ben. Checking the props. First one, should Spuddy Buddy be deported from his spot on the BYU Sports Nation desk? Counting the ballots as of right now, 61% say build that wall. Nice. Okay. Spuddy Buddy looking to be on his way out. Prop two, should the BYUSN Constitution be amended to ban countdowns longer than 100 days? <laughs> I, I disagree, but 62% of the people say wow. yes 62. right now. Wow. Still time to vote. Until midnight, Keep right? It's early. It's early. Keep the countdowns. 298 days to LSU, by the way. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Proposition three. Should the word elite be banned from at Spencer Linton's vocabulary? Right now, 53% saying oh, delete the it's elite. It's climbing. Oh. It's climbing. Keep voting. Vote now at BYU Sports Nation. It's not the debate we're deleting. It's just the word usage. Hey, either one for me, man. Oh, get out of here. Our Twitter question today. <laughs> Who would you vote for as president and vice president of Cougar Nation? At Tasha Lynn 19 with our elite tweet of the day. It says, not sure about president and vice president, but Cotton Eye Ty Detmer should <laughs> definitely be secretary of agriculture. <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> Thanks to Blaine for, and hunting. Thanks to Blaine Fowler, Jennifer Rockwood. Kate Hansen, everyone on our crew. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN, yo. The show on demand, BYUSN.com. Audio podcast on iTunes and the TuneIn app. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Greg Garrett. Keep the elite! Make BYU Sports Station great again!